HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by 818 Tequila, delicious and smooth tequila, made in harmony with the earth. 818 Tequila, imported by 818 Spirits, Manhasset, New York. 40% alcohol by volume, drink responsibly. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Feed Feed Podcast. I'm Alexa Santos, a food editor at the Feed Feed, the world's largest crowdsourced food publication and social media community, serving as your daily source for what to cook, bake, eat, and drink. Here on the Feed Feed Podcast, I'm speaking with members of the hashtag Feed Feed community to hear their stories, get some of their culinary inspirations, and also hear about their best cooking tips. I'm very excited today to be joined by Jillian Glenn, aka at Peanut Butter and Jelly Beans. Jillian is a cook, blogger, food content creator, and cookbook author sharing vegan and gluten-free recipes. Jillian has southern roots, and her cooking passion is low-calorie vegan eats. Jillian, I'm so excited to have you here. <laughs> I am so excited to be here. <laughs> Yay. So obviously you have a whole slew of accolades. You've got two cookbooks, you're <laughs> You're a blogger. You've got a whole lot going on. But when did this all start? Like, when did you start being, you know, so passionate about cooking, baking, and all of the above? Oh, first of all, you're so kind. Thank you. Um, it <laughs> has been a, um, it's been a whirlwind over the past. I guess three years ago is when it all started. About three years ago, um, I decided to go vegan. And so before that I was just working, I have a marketing degree. I was working in sales and marketing, um, and just, you know, in corporate America and I went vegan and I got really like into recipe development and coming up with my own like yummy vegan and gluten-free recipes. And I just started like sharing them online. I created an Instagram account and all my friends and fa family were probably like, what is Jill doing right now? <laughs> but um yeah I just started sharing uh like my recipes and pictures on Instagram and you know just kind of took off from there 
Yeah. So why did you, it was three years ago that you went vegan. So why was that? You just wanted to try it out or how come? Yeah. So I had been leaning more into like a plant-based diet just because it was making me feel better with my own personal health. I was struggling with some issues like, um, you know, just like digestive issues And I had read that, you know, cutting back on meat and dairy is beneficial for that. So I started leaning more into that and I classified myself as like a pescatarian for a while. I would only eat fish. And then I just um, did some more research. I watched that documentary. I'm sure you've heard of it. What the health? Oh, yeah. And um, it converted me. And um, yeah, I've been living that plant-based life ever since. (laughs) Oh, my. And so then where did the gluten-free aspect come into it? Um, Around the same time. So I just, it was like all around um, my digestive issues and just like inflammation I was feeling in my body. And you know, I read up that gluten, like a lot of people have an intolerance to gluten. And um, so it all just sort of started happening around the same time. And ever since I cut out meat and dairy, and ever since I cut out, or not cut out, but limiting gluten um, in my diet, I just felt so much better. So yeah. And a lot of other people have been experiencing it too. You know, I feel like it's like every day, one of my friends and family says, oh, I just found out, you know, I took one of those food sensitivity tests and I just found out that, um, you know, I can't have gluten or I can't have milk or I can't have, you know, whatever it is. And um, so I feel like more and more people are discovering that um, their body just seems to function better without some of this stuff. Interesting. So how long have you been, I guess, cooking? Is this something that you kind of grew up always loving or is this kind of recent or like what was kind of your childhood as it pertains to like food and cooking? Mm -hmm. Um, So I've always loved cooking and being in the kitchen. I'm also just like a creative person. So I've always loved like anything artistic, whether that's painting or drawing or um, crocheting or, you know, anything creative. Um, And so, but yeah, when I was growing up, my mom was a single mom for a lot of my childhood and, um, I had a little brother and, uh, yeah, like she worked a lot. She wouldn't get home till usually like seven o'clock. And so my little brother and I would be home and I'd be responsible for like getting dinner ready for, um, for everybody. So I did a lot of cooking when I was growing up. And then, um, just like on the weekends, my mom and I used to love to bake together. It was like one of the, like, fun things that we would do. She'd be like, do you want to make cookies? And I'd be like, yes, and eat all the cookie batter. So I just, I love food too. So that helps. (laughs) Yeah. So where, like, what is your background? Like, did you, I know you're obviously Southern, but was Mm -hmm. there like certain cuisines that you grew up eating at home that your, you know, your parents or family would make or what's kind of your culinary background there? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm American, I'm Southern. So just any, like any comfort food, really, my mom was, uh, my mom cooked a lot of like, um, classic Southern stuff when she when she had time to cook, she would make like fried chicken and um, fried catfish, a lot of fried stuff. (laughs) Yes, of course. 
Um, and she would also make, um, like on the weekends, like I said, we would bake and, you know, she would make biscuits and they'd be buttery. And Mm. I think that's where I got the love of all the ooey gooey, um, desserts that are on my, (laughs) on my blog. (laughs) Yes. So is it hard for you now since you grew up? I mean, I feel like Southern cooking and veganism are not necessarily things that go hand in hand. So I guess how have you made that work? Well, you know, that's sort of what inspires my recipes is I want to make the food that like that I crave, the food that um, reminds me of the stuff that I would eat growing up, whether it's biscuits or it's cookies or it's French toast. Um, and I, I know that other people like those things and crave those things and sort of have the same um, dietary restrictions. So, um, yeah, I guess that's sort of what inspires it is that I want to be able to make that food um, available and easy to make for everyone, um, not just, you know, people that can eat butter and, <laughs> and dairy and all that good stuff, people that right. can't consume it either. Yeah. So what is I guess the the do you hope that you kind of like I guess inspire people to go vegan and gluten-free or are you just I mean what is kind of your your goals with like all the recipes that you share and all that honestly my goal is um to inspire people to get in their kitchens and make yummy food and and make beautiful memories that is really all that I care about um I am not somebody that's gonna try to shove it down your throat that you should be vegan or you should be, you know, don't eat meat or, um, you know, go gluten-free. Like I think every person has to do what is best for their health and every person's different. So some, you know, like there's a ton of meat meat eaters in my family and they're healthy and and their bodies function great. And I'm just one of those people that um, for my own personal health and the way I feel and just also like Morally, I'm a big animal lover, um, so it just feels good to be able to, you know, um, not consume animals. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it, you know, it's not something that I am going to preach to people you must do. I think that um, if I can inspire some people to go vegan or inspire people to eat healthier or whatever that is, then that's great. Um, But my biggest mission is just to you know, there's so many people that can't, you know, whether they have an allergy or an intolerance or they're celiac or or whatever it is, there's a lot of people or they've chosen to go plant-based and they miss the foods that they, they used to love or that other people are able to eat. And so I would just want to be able to make those foods available and accessible for everyone. Amazing. And then, so what was kind of the process with these cookbooks of yours, kind of like turning these I guess, more traditionally decadent and rich recipes into something that is, you know, vegan and gluten-free? Like, was that a challenge, I imagine? Um, (laughs) it, a a little bit, but, you know, I kind of like the way that I saw it was, um, I don't know. I wanted to be able to inspire people to have balance in their diets. So, you know, if you can eat like a really healthy, like lunch and dinner, and then you can have like some yummy cookies later on, like that's, 
that's like, I don't know, for me, at least that's what, that's what I love to do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah. And developing the recipes, it was, it was a challenge. It, it was, um, but it was also a lot of fun, but yeah, there was definitely some flops and, um, recipes that still to this day, I, I want to figure out how to make, but haven't mastered yet. One of them is, um, there's this recipe called monkey bread. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. <laughs> I have. It's big in the South, um, but it's like basically biscuits, you know, and like covered in butter and honey and just deliciousness. And it gets very caramelized, but it's very hard um, to be able to make that vegan and gluten free. So I've been trying to, that's one that I'm still working on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, it's very like gooey and I, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, vegan, I don't know, caramel and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Got it work it but that's that seems difficult (laughs) (laughs) I'll figure it out one of these days (laughs) yes so what were some of your I guess favorite dishes growing up and have you now like veganized them um yeah I veganized a lot of stuff that I liked growing up um although it's funny I when I was growing up I was like such a picky eater so I um I would survive on like French fries, which are, you know, usually automatically vegan anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But French fries, I loved chicken nuggets. So, um, you know, whether that's like frying up some tofu or something, um, that was pretty easy. But the baked stuff is really, um, was really the stuff that I was like really passionate about making sure I knew how to make because I have such a sweet tooth. And Um, I was like, you know, I could do a burrito bowl all day long. I can do, you know, there's a whole bunch of options and I feel like making meals is a little bit easier to make them vegan, like to veganize meals. Um, a lot of times it's just taking out the meat or taking out the dairy. Um, but with baking, that was like a whole, you know, that's a whole nother beast in and of itself. So, um, like for instance, when I was growing up, one of our favorite things to do on Sundays after church is we would go to Dunkin' Donuts and get blueberry donuts. Ooh. <laughs> and um, so I was like, that was one of the things It was like when I went vegan, I was like, oh no, how am I going to be able to eat blueberry donuts? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is in those that isn't, is it like butter and stuff that's in those that? Oh, I think I guess so. Egg? Yeah. Egg, butter, I'm sure. I, I honestly haven't even taken the time to to look and see, but I'm sure there's also probably like some milk in them. And Yeah. Because <laughs> I know bread, I mean, vegan bread, most breads are vegan. So I'm like donuts. I wonder what they're putting in there. But I don't know. Did you figure it out? Did you figure out how to get vegan blueberry oh, donuts? Oh, yeah. Blueberry donuts were one of my first recipes. Um, it was that and it was also cinnamon rolls. I was like, I need both of those in my life. <laughs> those are very important things. They are. Yeah. And I was a big Cinnabon girl. I loved Cinnabon. So. Ooh, yes. Do you... Do you remember the um the cough the culottas from Dunkin' Donuts back in the day? The I always wanted one so bad. Like it was like the old school. It was like the Dunkin' Donuts version of a frappuccino. Um, they were called culottas, Ooh. and yeah, I was like always wanting a coffee one so bad. And <laughs> instead, no. my parents were like, "No, you're six. Uh, no coffee. Right? No caffeine for you." For you. <laughs> 
Yeah, like you're a child. But anyway, that is so funny. So when you were growing up, were you, I guess, who was the main person cooking? Was it your mom? Or I know you said you were kind of helping take care of your brother. Mm -hmm. Um, Were you like, it it seemed like you really got involved from a young age. But what was kind of like that cooking life for you when you were little? Um, Yeah, it was mostly it was either my mom um, or me doing the cooking. So like up until it was just my mom and I, until I was about 11. Mm-hmm. And so, um, at that point, you know, I was like very young, so I was not like, you know, I wasn't like making like full on meals, but I was pretty, um, like I was pretty independent from a young age just because my mom, um, had to work. So, you know, whether that was like getting up and making myself breakfast in the morning or whatever it was, Um, but then she remarried and, um, my brother came along, but she still worked a lot and so did my stepdad. So, um, again, that was when, you know, I was like a teenager and I was like making, um, family dinners every, every night, usually on the weekdays. And then on the weekends, um, my mom would do some cooking and I always used to look forward to it because it was all the stuff that I was not very good at making that would require a deep fryer usually. <laughs> fried chicken and french fries and all sorts of yummy things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that I mean, I'm sh- I'm impressed that you were doing all that from such a young age. Like, geez, like you were really you really doing the damn thing. <laughs> it was honestly, I enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed creating. I've always enjoyed um making food and like even when I was like a teenager, I would like I would ask my mom to buy me cookbooks and I would like, I started collecting cookbooks as a teenager and I would like put my little sticky notes on what recipes I wanted to make. And I'd be like, can I make this recipe tonight for dinner? And, um, you know, sometimes my stepdad would be like, no, <laughs> he, he wasn't in the mood for it to fail and me to, <laughs> for it not to taste good. So he'd be like, no, just make something normal. But Um, yeah, I did a lot of experimenting and I just, I always had fun, um, in the kitchen. Well, that is, that is very fair. So I feel like this is kind of an obvious question, but kind of the evolution of your cooking style, obviously it changed pretty dramatically when you (laughs) decided to go vegan and gluten-free, but are there like certain cuisines that maybe you've incorporated more of as you've like started working on your recipe development skills or like how has your, I guess, culinary style evolved over time? You know, I would say, um, it hasn't changed that much just because like the recipes that I tend to lean into more for like lunch and dinner are going to be, I've always been like a healthier eater. Um, obviously not, you know, as a kid when my mom was um, frying things, but (laughs) when I got older and I was on my own, I, I really got into health and nutrition. So, you know, I always would try to have some kind of balanced meal. I did a lot of like burrito bowls and, you know, what, when I used to eat meat, it would be grilled chicken. Now, instead of grilled chicken, maybe I'm doing black beans or maybe I'm doing some tofu or tempeh, Um, or, you know, maybe I'm doing chickpea, a chickpea bowl or something, but I, so like burrito bowls, Mediterranean bowls, like different salads. Um, I don't know. I just, I just very simple, easy recipes because 
um, if it's not easy, then I, I wasn't really going to like take the time to do it every single, <laughs> every single right. day I needed recipes that were very easy. And that is part of, um, I guess my brand and, and what I want to provide to other people, because I know a lot of people want to cook more for themselves at home, but feel like, you know, they pull up a recipe online and it's going to, it's got a million steps and it's going to take them an hour and a half to do. So I try to provide uh, my audience and my readers with, you know, recipes that usually most can be made in like 20, 30 minutes and minimal ingredients that you can get from anywhere. And it's a little bit healthier and it's going to taste really good and it's going to fill you up and it's plant-based. And, you know, like a lot of the recipes that I make too, they are not, um, I'm kind of going on a tangent right now, but they're they're very versatile. Um, thank you. Yeah, they're very versatile. So like when I make meals for my family now, um, again, like I have a family full of meat eaters, so we'll make one of my recipes and then maybe they'll also make some grilled chicken and sprinkle it in on top or something. Um, if, if they feel like they need to have meat in that meal. Um, so yeah, (laughs) that makes sense. No. And I know that also your cookbook too is like low calorie it's you know the, it's called low-cal vegan what is it again the title of your book yep easy low-cal vegan eats is my first book yeah like that's a mouthful of all good things <laughs> <laughs> easy check 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 low-cal check vegan eats yeah yep. <laughs> so is that yeah it seems like you're really checking off a lot of boxes there so is that something that's you know important to your I guess brand as well is kind of like the more you know, I guess, healthy side of things. Not, I mean, obviously being vegan and gluten-free, your chances are you're probably mm-hmm. eating pretty healthy, but I could see how, you know, incorporating that aspect into it as well is also important. So was that important to you to kind of make sure that was a big part of what you were sharing? Yeah, for sure. I guess I just, um, like, the, there's a big piece of just, like, being mindful about what you're eating that I feel like is important for people. I don't think anybody should ever, um, like, you know, again, that's why I say like, I'm somebody that's not big on anything that's restrictive. Like, so if, if you feel like you need to have meat or cheese or whatever it is, like if, if that's what you want and you feel great doing that, then like more power to you. Um, but yeah, I, I guess like part of it for me is like just helping people be a little bit more like mindful of, um, the stuff that they're eating and, um, having that balance so that you can eat, you know, if you want to have some healthy meals throughout the day. And again, like if you want to save room for dessert, then you can do that too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. All right. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. I'm Chaba Perivan, co-host of Agave Road Trip on HRN here to talk about 818 Tequila. 818 creates their tequila using traditional methods that a family owned and operate distillery in Jalisco, Mexico. From the blue agave they grow to their recycled glass bottle, 818 emphasizes the Earth's importance in all they do. Their distillery runs on biomass and solar power, which means they don't rely as much on fossil fuels and are able to reduce their carbon footprint. Their labels, corks, and boxes are all certified by the Forest Stewardship Council as coming from sustainability-managed forests. 818 is a proud member of 1% for the Planet, through which they support HRN as well as Sacred, my organization in Jalisco, where together we transform agave byproducts and water waste into adobe bricks that are donated to local infrastructure projects, like a local library in Zapotitlan de Vadillo. 
visit drink818.com to learn more about their sustainability efforts and find 818 near you. 818 has been part of so many magical nights for me, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. 818 Tequila, imported by 818 Spirits, Manhasset, New York. 40% alcohol by volume, drink responsibly. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. So I know as a content creator, this is, you know, an interesting question, but what does like a typical day, like what does a typical dinner look like for you? I know it's obviously when you're filming content, maybe it's like, hey, when I filmed that day, you're like, no, I don't feel like making anything because I was, you know, working and filming all day. But do you, I guess, yeah, what is, what do you kind of, what, what is dinner for Jillian kind of look like on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. So, um, again, uh, to your point, if, if I was, um, you know, filming a recipe that day, then that's usually what I'm eating. But, um, other than that, like if I'm just going to be making something for myself, then I do, I love burrito bowls. I love like a veggie stir fry is another thing that I'll do a lot with rice and different vegetables and like a really simple, um, you know, some kind of like really simple sauce that I'll, um, throw together in a pan. So just anything that's quick on the, um, on the stovetop is usually what I'm doing. So I also love like, um, like chickpeas. I usually have some kind of chickpea pole probably every single day of my life. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I love chickpeas. (laughs) They are very good. Do you eat a lot of hummus too? Oh, I love hummus. That's like a go-to snack for me is like, I'll just, pull out some either crackers or veggies and um yeah I'll I'll go in on some hummus guac is another thing that I love (laughs) nothing wrong with that big fan of both (laughs) of those things as well oh man oh man that's awesome so are you do you usually cook for just you or do you have like family around a lot that you're or doing a lot of entertaining I know obviously that's kind of changed a lot in the last couple years you know Mm -hmm. if you were like type of person who loved to have dinner parties and now like, okay, well, it's COVID not really doing that. (laughs) So 
is is that a big factor in like how you're cooking day to day or no? Um, well, so during the week, I'm pretty bogged down with with work. So it's usually just me um, during the week. And then on the weekends, yeah, I definitely that's when I get to have fun in um, whether it's in my kitchen or other people's kitchens, because I'll have people either come over or um, go over to friends and family's houses and um, and we'll make some good food. So love doing yeah. that. Yes. And so (laughs) obviously Southern cuisine, what are some of your favorites from Southern cuisine? I feel like there's, I mean, I, I live in Florida, but it's not the South as you, as you know. Um, (laughs) And I feel like I don't eat a whole lot of Southern food and I'm like vaguely familiar with like some of the staples, but like, what are your, some of your favorites or like recommendations for people who, you know, maybe want to try more Southern food? Like what are some can't miss you know, Southern items that you like die hard for? Oh, oh my gosh. Um, well, I, I'm a big biscuit fan. I love me some biscuits. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, if you're ever in the South, like any, you can go to somewhere. Um, although there's not, there's not a lot of vegan biscuit places around here. So I can't really make any recommendations for that, but um, yeah, a good Southern biscuits, really good. Um, one of the recipes that I love in, um, my first cookbook, easy, low-cal vegan eats is my mom. I call it, um, mama's maple butter crescent rolls. And this is like, (laughs) this is, um, one of the things that we used to, we grew up eating a lot and it's basically, um, my mom would take like Pillsbury crescent rolls (laughs) and she would, make them and then she would melt honey and butter together and pour it over top. And it is amazing. <laughs> I mean, that sounds incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. So obviously I cannot have that uh, when I've been vegan. So, but I made my own version and it tastes like my mom tried them and she's like, whoa, these are good. Like it really as good, if not maybe a little bit better. Um, no. homemade, homemade bread. Um, but yeah, that's one that I love. <laughs> so what is like the, how do you get it to be, I mean, obviously without the butter, I mean, and how do you do biscuits without butter as well? Right. So luckily we live in a day and age where there's so many good, um, substitutes now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's like a million different good vegan butters that you can get from anywhere. So, um, that's been really helpful with the baking side of things. Um, and then, yeah, you make your own dough with, um, just some flour, vegan butter, um, some active dry yeast. And I use a little bit of maple syrup to sweeten the dough a little bit, just give it a little bit of flavor and, um, oh my gosh, it's delicious. Oh man. Okay. So yeah, you're definitely very into the like sweets and baked goods. I can tell. Oh yeah. That is your go-to. <laughs> yep, that that's the sweet spot. <laughs> okay, good. And then like as far as like savory, like I guess more dinner items, I, I'm asking this mostly for myself too because I am actually pr- going to be in Atlanta at some point soon. So I'm like, what stuff do I need to try? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Um, ooh, 
I feel like I'm not going to do it justice. I know. There's, are, do you eat meat? Yes. Yeah, that's why I was okay. like, I feel like it's a, it's a loaded question. <laughs> it is. It is. I feel like I'm not going to do it justice um, because Southern cuisine is so meat and dairy yes. uh, heavy. But I can give you some some really good restaurant recommendations. So we can we can chat offline we'll chat. maybe. Um, yeah, but I mean, gosh, it's it's hard to go wrong in Atlanta. I will tell you that the food scene here is just amazing. There's so many good restaurants. Really? So has it really been kind of up and coming as far as like the food scene goes? Yeah, I I feel like it really started. Um, you know, I've been here most of my life since I was. Um, since I was like six years old. So, and I've seen the city develop so much. And I would say probably with over the last like 10 years, it really started to become like a foodie town. And now there's, um, I mean, gosh, there's new restaurants popping up everywhere and just amazing food and great chefs. And it's really impressive. That's awesome to hear. I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, I'm spoiled having lived in New York for as long as I did. That's and, true. You know, where I'm like, I Atlanta, as if we, like I hadn't even really thought about it. But I mean, it sounds like you, you know what you're talking about. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. And I mean, I feel like there's also so many like, you know, quote unquote, Southern cities that people, you know, have been, you know, flocking to as of late, like Austin and Nashville. And I haven't really mm-hmm. heard too much about Atlanta, but are you making the case for Atlanta being like, you know, the new go-to these days? I I mean, I would say um, it's definitely, it, yeah, it's, I have <laughs> had, I've traveled a lot. I've, I've eaten some good food um, in a lot of different cities. So I, you know, I love New York. I think the food in New York is really, really hard to beat. Um, but Southern food wise, you're going to get some good stuff here in Atlanta. Um, you know, if you can find anywhere that you can go and get like some, um, chicken and waffles, there's actually a place. Um, yeah. And there's a place that actually has some vegan friendly options too. Um, and they do like, I think like a vegan chicken and waffles, which is kind of cool. But um, yeah, chicken and waffles, like anything like that, like collard greens are really good. Biscuits, fried chicken, like any anything like that that you can find um, will be very good. <laughs> Yum. Okay. Well, you Shrimp have and me, grits. You have me very hungry. I have spent a, a decent amount of time in New Orleans and I know it's completely different, but I'm trying to think of like the only other Southern city that I've like even begun to scratch the surface of the food scene. And clearly this is something that this is on me that I'm lacking this much of like (laughs) Southern food experience. But yeah, I mean, I I clearly need to get it together. So thank you for inspiring me to do so. (laughs) How did you like the food in New Orleans? I've never been, but I've heard that they have some really, really good food there. I honestly loved it. I mean, it's if you're not used to Southern food, it definitely, I mean, you are obviously like jaded on the one side where like you grew up there, but like I haven't had a whole lot of experience with it other than like the occasional, if I went to a restaurant that was Southern cuisine, um, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't really know too much. So it always seems kind of like heavy and, you know, like a little like intense if you don't really like, yeah, if you don't really eat that type of stuff typically, but New Orleans was great. I feel like they, the like oysters and stuff there, like the seafood and stuff is really, Mm -hmm. really good. And like, you know, like gumbos and things like that. I know there's some like crossover between that type of Southern cuisine and, you know, 
what you guys have over there. But I will say that like, since it was so seafood heavy, I didn't, Mm -hmm. I wasn't as like, oh, wow, like grits. What? You know what I mean? It it was a lot less daunting, I would say. But again, I, I think that's a me problem. Yeah, no, here, I mean, you're going to get, you're going to get that rich, um, you know, everything has like tons of butter in it and it's, you know, it's, it's wonderful. Um, Mac and cheese, like anything like that, (laughs) mashed potatoes. (laughs) There are worse problems to have than a lot of butter, except that's probably a major problem if you're vegan. (laughs) (laughs) It will, you know, it's not hard to do those things at home now because of the vegan butter substitutes, but going out to eat still, um, Atlanta has a little bit of a ways to go with vegan restaurants, although new ones are popping up everywhere all the time. So well, that's good. Hopefully, within the next few years, there will be some some good Southern style vegan spots that I can check out. <laughs> yes, yes. For for your sake, I'm hoping that for you that me too. <laughs> they step up to the plate. But oh my gosh, amazing! Well, this has been so much fun. So I guess remind, tell us all. I know you have the the two cookbooks, and was the second one released yet, or what was the status of the um? of your multiple cookbooks. Where can people find them? (laughs) Yeah. So um, my first cookbook, Easy Low Cal Vegan Eats, came out last fall. And then my second cookbook, Light and Easy Vegan Baking, came out in March. So um, both are available anywhere that books are sold, whether that's Amazon, you know, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart. Um, There is links um, links to them if you want to go to my profile um, on Instagram, again, I'm peanut butter and jelly beans. And so there's links to all that. And also, um, a lot of free recipes that I share. Hooray. Well, that's very, very exciting. (laughs) And congratulations on the second cookbook. If I didn't tell you already, I know how much work goes into something like that. So I'm sure it was certainly a labor of love. Oh, thank you. Yes, it was a labor of love, but you know, I will say, um, I put my whole heart and soul into, uh, well, both of my books, but my second book is, is really close to my heart cause it's, it's baking. So yes. it's all my favorite ooey gooey, you know, vegan buttery things. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah. You so did I think it. everyone will love the, it. <laughs> the Southern vegan baking. My goodness. Did, did those do not sound like words that go together, but <laughs> it works. You did it. Oh my gosh. Well, amazing. Thank you so much for chatting with me and telling me so much about your life story and all the amazing, delicious things that, you know, have led you on the journey that you're on. It was very fun to hear about. Oh, well, thanks for having me on. This is a ton of fun. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about the food and drink discovery platform that is the Feed Feed, head to thefeedfeed.com. If you have a food story to tell or want us to interview a blogger, cookbook, author, chef, or restaurateur, we would love your suggestions. Just send us a DM on Instagram. See you next time. The Feed Feed podcast is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.